I guess they're crocodiles. I guess the Nile is famous for crocodiles, right? Not I alligators. I can't tell the difference. Oof. I, I I mean I'm not saying it be you know uh, hopefully we're not getting like alligator slash crocodile gate here I know yep. um, I think you're, crocodiles you're canceled oh fuck oh god okay I got to redeem myself I think alligators are the ones with the uh, rounder the wider snouts and crocodiles have true, the yeah. narrower snouts aha mm-hmm. so I go. know something um, yep uh whew. Man, I didn't. I did not want to get canceled by the alligator crocodile people. <laughs> Next thing you know, we're gonna have uh, someone from the alligator council on. Hello, uh, John. We heard you uh, do not understand the difference between a crocodile and alligator. Why is this human still podcasting? Well, we're not actually. Uh, it's hard to cancel something that isn't popular or makes money. Oh. <laughs> Wow. Jeez. Wow. I feel like I kind of picked open a scab here. Um, listen, no harm, no foul. Don't come to the Everglades. We'll f- fucking tear you apart. Goodbye. Like, I'm going to go to the fucking Everglades. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here, crocodile people. It's a natural wonder. Pop Saga, you know we keep it groovy. We talking cartoons, books, TVs, and movies. A couple of nerds, but got style. We so cool. Pop culture, talking new and old school. Yeah, you should know we love hip-hop. From the roots, Ty Lib, shout out to Feral Munch. We giving you what you want. It don't get no liver. Ain't no doubt we got you. This is Pop Saga. Let's go. Oh, yeah, you heard right. This is a lifestyle. Welcome to the nerd life. Pop Saga. Welcome to Pop Saga Selects, where we discuss two of our favorite episodes. Which show, you may ask? Which episodes of a show, you may ask? Well, if you read the description, then you already know. For those who don't read them, and I'm right there with you, we'll be talking about The Simpsons. <laughs> Specifically, Season 4, Episode 12, Marge vs. the Monorail, and Season 5, Episode 15, Deep Space Homer. I am John Taylor. Dreaming of flying machines crashing, I mean flying through the air. And as always, I'm joined by Forrest Langley, who has sold monorails to Brockway, Ogdenvale, and North Haven Book, and by gum, he's put them on the map. How you doing, Forrest? Well, I'm doing terrific. (laughs) (laughs) I can't even uh, approach uh, uh, Phil Hartman. uh, I wouldn't try. The... Uh, the voice artist of uh, of my name's namesake, but that being said, um, I felt I had to give it the old uh, sort of old uh, old timey huckster try, the old timey snake oil salesman uh, try. Because spoiler alert, that's uh, that's what that character ends up uh, being. Yeah, way to way to bury the lead. Yes, mm-hmm. not bury the lead. Yeah, yeah, just I mean, give them the plot. We're done. We've talked about one. Let's discuss the other. Uh, the other one is Homer <laughs> goes to space. Shit, we're done. Fastest episode ever. <laughs> yep, because that's what happens. One's had, one has a monorail, and the other one, Homer goes to space. That's yes, all you need to know. That is all you need to know. 
yeah, but as you said in the intro, we're here to talk about two of our favorite episodes of the Sim- uh, of the Simpsons. Um, the uh, the forever running animated sitcom on um, on Disney's Fox. Oh yeah, it is Disney's Fox now. I keep forgetting that. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I watched this episode within the um, white gloved embrace of Disney Plus. Oh, uh, I as well. I could have dusted off the DVDs, but then I would have figured out how to use that player, and I'm not doing that again. So uh, yeah, <laughs> I watched it on the Disney Plus as well. Disney Plus. The only place you can go to get two shows you'll watch three weeks out of the year and then never watch again. Disney Plus. <laughs> uh, fucking surprisingly accurate. <laughs> I don't know about you, but uh, it only I only really turn it on when I want to watch uh, reruns of The Simpsons. Or uh, if there's a new season of The Mandalorian out. Otherwise, I do not watch it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I re-watch The Mandalorian from time to time. Um, but yeah, sure. usually it's when I want to take a trip down um, Simpsons memory lane, that's where I go. I also watch a Marvel movie on there, too. Um, but since I just watched them recently, Disney Plus has not been getting a lot of uh, use. Disney Plus. Have you fallen into a deep depression? And you want to watch all of the Star Wars in order to sort of forget about your life? Disney Plus. I would watch it more. That was like their whole marketing. <laughs> I don't know. There's so many streaming services these days. I don't want to sound as old as I actually am, but uh, boy howdy. Um, there's just like, uh, I have like so many streaming services I can hardly keep track. Yeah, they are kind of all over the place. And some you of them are. A... Go ahead. Yeah. No, it's like just some, and some of them all show the same shit. So you just gotta wonder why keep one to the other or whatever. And then the ones that you wanna hope that are streaming it don't even have like every time you wanna go look for a movie, you know, like in our case when we were doing Friday the thirteenth, I was like, All right, one of these streaming services needs to have it on there. And then none of them had it on there. It was just like you better rent me. And it's like, why am I going to rent you? You've been around since 36 years at this point. You should be on one of these damn streaming services for free. It's so true. It's so true. I I did a similar thing, and uh, it's like, it'll just be like, you can watch it for free with ads on Poglo. What the fuck is Poglo? Poglo? (laughs) I've never heard of this before. And uh, you're like, I'm not signing up for another fucking free account for uh, some some random ass streaming service that's that's just gonna go the way of DC Universe or um, or Quibi, R.I.P. Both those services. 
I still don't have the sad music, like the memorial music. I'll put it on there one one day, but um, <laughs> you know, I guess those both of those service services were better too. <laughs> something to say it's better to burn out than to fade away both of those services did karate to their last last breath <laughs> but yeah no no yeah did you even use quibi no, I never checked it out. Yeah, uh, the fact that you could only watch it on your phone was a huge turnoff to me. And then, and the the supposedly revolutionary technology about being able to watch the same movie in portrait and landscape mode was just incredibly unappealing. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't consider myself a cinephile necessarily, uh, but watching something in portrait mode seems like a fucking nightmare. Yeah. Why would I want to be watching something that looks like I'm, I'm looking through like the the handle of a card, you know, one of those handle holes on a cardboard box? <laughs> like, I want to experience the world if I can only see a little bit at a time. That's awesome. Yeah, so good. I wonder what's happening to his right or left. I'll if only know. it was in another mode, <laughs> I would never know because I only <laughs> use my phone in portrait mode. It's I... it's the most like old old executive idea of what a young person would want look these kids they're watching the they're doing their tiktoks and those are in portrait mode listen what if we took slick hollywood movies and then showed it to kids on the favorite phone orientation we're gonna be gajillionaires (laughs) wait a minute no one wants to do that (laughs) oh you mean no one no one signed up huh uh, people are instead watching Peacock. That's surprising. You don't it's say. Free, you say. You know, mm. Oh, free. Mm. And mm-hmm. um, uh, they don't like this like seven minute long episode format. And uh, there's a pandemic going on, so no one's even on the bus or commuting where a portrait <laughs> mode viewing is something. So, mm, mm. ooh, ooh, oh, god. Ooh, ooh, uh. I'm gonna take my golden parachute. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Quibi. Ah, uh, oh, oh, it's already canceled. Okay, never mind. Pack it up. <laughs> How much do you think we could sell the lights for? Ah. Mm. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> Are you in need of uh, 200 office chairs? <laughs> Quibby <laughs> furniture sale. <laughs> oh, <sighs> okay. <laughs> what are we here to talk about? Oh, right, The Simpsons. The Simpsons. Yeah. So a little background on our new pop saga selects format um we've done this a little bit in the past but not under uh under its own sort of uh, moniker um but this is where uh john and i each select uh some of our favorite episodes from a certain tv show and then we're going to talk about it um 
I selected Marge versus the Monorail. Uh, that's uh, season four, episode twelve. And uh, which episode did you select? The other one, obviously. <laughs> yes, the other episode. So I selected season five, episode fifteen, Deep Space Homer. Hmm. And um, for me, I I I I selected mine because it's one of my favorite episodes, and I am a particularly fond of the sort of peak Conan O'Brien era of the Simpsons, um, which is around this season four time frame. Um, John, why did you uh, select Deep Space Homer, uh, Homer, another classic Simpsons episode? It is very much like you. It's probably my fa- personally my favorite Simpsons episode. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and kind of like you said, uh, this one within the span of for me, seasons four through eight are probably like the quintessential Simpsons like episodes. Yeah, so that's where. Yeah, I agree. There are so many hits; it's ridiculous. And like trying to claim a favorite one is tough because then you just start remembering some of the other ones. As I was going through the list, I was like, "Holy shit, that's right!" Um, that episode, and you know. And there's a lemon behind that rock is one of my favorite lines <laughs> of all time. Um, so I, I chose this one because every time I watch it, I just, I, I don't know, I have tears in my eyes. I think it's just because there's so many jokes packed into it. Like it's, it's, there, there's so much shit like constantly hitting you with it that I just find it ridiculous. And I don't really even find that in kind of uh, the modern episodes anymore. Yeah, and if you're a fan of the modern episodes, I say, you know, that's cool for you. I yep. don't really watch anymore because I guess, I don't know if uh, it's just the humor doesn't target me anymore or what, but I don't really laugh all that much or, or think the, the newer episodes are all that funny. I've heard that there is like a stretch in there maybe a couple of years ago that was quite good, but um, I haven't really checked it out. But I agree, four through eight, maybe a couple episodes from season ten, even um, are are very good. I think. I would say maybe there's some episodes in season three that are all right. Uh, yeah, are pretty good. But yeah, I, I found like, I guess it's just because for me, in between season four and season eight, there are just so many episodes in a season that are great, versus where there are a couple of standouts and then the rest are kind of. Like Meh. And that's what I was finding with like season nine, where there were a couple ones. I was like, yeah, okay. And then it just kind of dwindled up. Yeah. Yeah. Dwindled for me. I think when they did the movie was kind of the uh, point where I was officially kind of done. Yeah. Uh, That's, that's maybe the, the, the jumping of the shark moment for me personally. But if you'd like it, I'd say awesome for you. Yeah, more power to you, man. Yeah, so much content for you to enjoy. Um, like 32 seasons now? Yeah. yeah <laughs> the longest-running TV show ever? It's either 32 or 33. I mean, it's so many, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's, an, it's, it's incredible that it is still relevant to an audience and still, you know, uh, appointment viewing for a lot. So hard to... Um, 
hard to uh, take away anything from it there. Um, but uh, I'd say let's jump right in. And I yeah, guess uh, yeah. first we're going to talk about Marge we, versus so, the Monorail. Yeah, no, we Go can ahead. do this in any order you want. I just put them in that order in the intro because numerically that's how they go this is not yeah uh, let's talk about it um in order that they aired why not all right so as i mentioned before this one was written by uh conan o'brien he is credited as the main writer on this episode um and directed by rich moore so rich moore is not a name that i immediately knew but um, at least in terms of The Simpsons, man, he had a lot of, of those hits, of those really memorable episodes are, are credited to his directing. And um, maybe people today would be more uh, familiar with him uh, for his work on uh, for Disney um, uh, with movies like Zootopia and Wreck-It Ralph 1 and 2. Um, the, the sequel being named Wreck-It Ralph Breaks the Internet just in case you were wondering it's not called record ralph 2 it's called record ralph breaks the internet and uh he's responsible for uh those movies too so a uh a fairly prolific director kind of uh at this sort of i guess at this beginning of his career kind of i think he had done some stuff before this but early in his career i think it's fair to say fair to say do a couple of Wreck-It Ralphs and all that shit versus... Yeah. It's really high-profile stuff. Obviously, a very talented uh, director of animation, and I think that sort of deft hand really shows in this episode, which is goes by so quickly. My notes are garbage for this because I just was... <laughs> I immediately was just like, this is the best. I love this episode. Yeah, I um, I, I'm trying. I'm gonna try something different here. I have my base things written down, but um, I I recently so before I even suggested this, I recently watched Deep Space Homer just for shits and giggles, and then um, I did not shit. I just giggled a lot. So, <laughs> so um, uh, you know, a desire half fulfilled on that front. Yeah, the other half, I you know been nice but this americano might help me out the rest of the way um mm-hmm. for monorail um i was downstairs with the uh the missus and the uh, roommate so we just watched it so instead of me normally when i'm watching i pause take my notes and keep going but i just kind of let it happen so this is going to be very um off the cuff off my, off the top of my head so if your your garbage notes are better than my no notes um yeah because I don't want to necessarily go through every part, but I want to talk about our favorite parts. So, um, first of all, I want to say in this episode, so much stuff happens. I had forgotten how much stuff happens before the monorail is even introduced. Um, and, uh, I think (laughs) what's crazy is it starts off with such a hilarious joke the the sort of Flintstones uh, introduction to Homer at work. Save 
Simpson. Homer Simpson, he's the greatest guy in history. From the out of Springfield, he's about to hit a chestnut tree. <laughs> <laughs> It's such a great, it really sets the move, mood for the rest of the episode, I think. Oh, uh, 100%. Uh, I, I scared them in the living room because when I heard it, I was able to sing the whole thing. And they were like, how do you remember <laughs> that? And I said, the fuck if I know. I don't know why the, these some of these episodes take such residence in my brain. But yeah, when I saw yeah. it, I was like, oh yeah. And this also has one of my favorite uh, it's coming up. It's one of my favorite uh, uh, fucking jokes of all time, and I still sing it uh, to people. And it's from this episode. <laughs> but yeah, oh, I love how this starts. And yeah, you know, I think it was also probably kind of harping on the fact that everyone was like, hey, this is kind of like the Flintstones. I was like, yeah, yeah you might as well own it. It's an animated family. Yeah. Everything's going to be like the Flintstones at that point. Sure. And the, yeah, they definitely owned it with this with this episode especially since that whole sequence is just there to set up that whole scene with lenny and carl as they are sort of disposing with uh of toxic waste and talking about the ways that they'll they'll get rid of it and then <laughs> i love that it goes right into a beverly hills uh hills cop Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> reference with Smithers, uh, sort of like getting rid of the toxic waste. Just him and Mister Burns go out and do it themselves, I guess, to save money. It's um, so it's so weird that Mister Burns is helping. You're like, why would you own the plan? <laughs> it's like he, he he loves doing it. Um, and so he's like, <laughs> he's talking about how they can't keep dumping it in playgrounds which is very Mr. Burns, and because all the bald kids are making people suspicious. Mm. So they're going to dump it in the park. Um, But uh, so all this stuff happens before we even get introduced to the uh, monorail because the whole fact that he's dumping stuff in the park and he gets uh, caught by the EPA uh, leads him to be fined, what, $3 million? Yeah, $3 million. Right, <laughs> like, I mean, I love this part because when he's going into court, he's like fucking um, Hannibal Lecter from Silence. Yeah, <laughs> he's all they never address it. Never, they just. It's <laughs> like what they do to a cannibal in in Hannibal Lecter, so he won't bite people. But they do it to Mister Burns here just because he's like the evilest shit, um, <laughs> ever, and so. It's just yeah, that's that part is fantastic, and they don't ever address it, and and he, they they find him, in sort of like a parody of of like corporate fines in general. They find him like three million dollars, and he just has it in his wallet, uh, in his front pocket. So that's great. And then he buys, <laughs> he buys. It's very very on the nose metaphor. He buys a statue of justice. He's already because he, he, he is buying justice right now. Yeah, it it's so poignant, and you know, it is. It's funny, like this episode, it just in in the best way possible, reeks of Conan O'Brien's humor. Yes, like it is. It's just palpable. That's why I think he's one of the best late night hosts 
and uh, on the planet. Absolutely. I I'm, totally I'm agree. David Letterman, um, always one of my parental favorites. And then the, uh, the families at breakfast and, um, <laughs> that's when like Homer's reading a, a newspaper where it's, it's detailing that, that, uh, Mr. Burns pays 3 million, um, to the town and he's reading, but he's reading the funny papers and he goes, Oh, Andy Cap, you wife beating drug. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Like Andy Cap is like a horrible, like vile comic. Um, and I love how they chose to just call it out in this episode. Yeah, no. Did you, I mean, I don't know about you if you ever read many of the Sunday funnies, but. Sure, yeah. Andy Camp Absolutely. was always the one that I would skip over. Yeah. I'm sorry to Andy Camp fan, uh, Not really. I'm sorry to Beetle Bailey fans. Let's just say that because that was the other one I skipped over. <laughs> I was all right with Beetle Bailey. But Andy He's Camp right. was definitely... I mean, for me, it was Calvin and Hobbes. The minute Calvin and Hobbes retired was the minute I stopped. Oh, yeah. Calvin Hobbes... Calvin and Hobbes and also the far side were oh, my 100, jam. 100, 100. Um, but yeah, Andy Cap was just made me uncomfortable. <laughs> and then Beetle Bailey was about the military. And I've, I had enough with uh, MASH coming on after my cartoons. Um, oh, no shit, man. Whenever the MASH theme song came on and it's a, it's a fine show. I knew TV was over for me. Yep. Like, uh, that was, was like, well, Guess I'll go outside and play in the sprinkler. Suicide is painless. What? <laughs> what? Is that what, what, he, what? what? Is that what he's singing? Suicide is painless. It brings. Wait, what is he saying? Dang. Why is I, he that saying? Really stuck with me. <laughs> and then, like, the worst part is when I was a kid, I didn't realize I was like, man, the Vietnam War is so weird. I was like, oh, wait a minute, it's the Korean War. Yeah. Oh, this is even weirder. <laughs> this is even. <laughs> More bizarre. It looks like my backyard, though. It's weird. Yeah. It's like, wait a minute. Is that Alan Alda um, back there right now? <laughs> wait, that he is back there. Um, Bones. Wait, that was wrong show. <laughs> wrong show. Um, but no, uh, no David Boreanaz shows. Right. <laughs> um, speaking of wrong shows, though, uh. I love the that everyone starts at this breakfast scene on The Simpsons. Everyone st- uh, starts pitching ideas about what they want uh, to do with the money. Uh, like Lisa <laughs> wants to do like buy, take this three million. She wants to buy uh, VR kits for everyone in school. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> Hi, Lisa. She, she puts it on and imagines uh, Genghis Khan. Um, and he's like, you'll eat who I eat. <laughs> you'll defile who I, who I defy. And, and you're like, uh, <laughs> this is nuts. But, um, yeah, and Bart has his own ideas, uh, that involve a little more, uh, mischief, but, um, everyone seems to have an idea. I think this scene is just like, I love the scene. Um, because I think it's I think it's in this scene where uh oh no no 
sorry, I was confusing this with the next episode. I have all there's a scene in 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 the episode that you chose that I absolutely adore. Um, but uh, in this episode, it's you're right. It's just setting up the 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 town hall later, which is is a bonkers scene. Yeah, it goes fucking nuts. Um, I I love it. I, every time they either have like a a PTA meeting or a town hall meeting, you know you're going to get some quality shit. And this one's probably the best town hall meeting out of all the episodes I've ever watched. And, uh, yeah. And it starts strong with Homer, too. I think, um, right, because everyone's kind of talking about where the money should go, and I'm trying to remember if this is where this line comes in. Well, I think we should spend the money on something the whole town can be proud of. Like a giant billboard that says no fat chicks? No. <laughs> uh, I love Marge. It has the right reaction to that. No. No. <laughs> I want to um, know like, how big of a billboard with three million buy you. Like, you could buy a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, you, you could buy several uh, billboards with that money. Mm-hmm. Um... Uh yeah, I think that's when they're in they're having dinner and everyone's kind of pitching ideas for the uh oh, okay. what they want to do. See, I should have took uh, better notes instead of just laughing. <laughs> See, you're gonna be you're gonna be my spirit guide on this episode. Well, you're the oh, spirit no, guide on all episodes, so I'm just gonna <laughs> you just so, remind me and I'll um, just start chuckling. Okay, perfect. Um but uh Let's move on to the uh, to the the town hall scene, which opens up with a pretty funny uh, corrupt mayor Quimby line. We will now hear suggestions for the uh, disbursement of the uh, two million dollars. Don't you mean three million dollars? Of course. How silly of me. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> mayor Quimby. Oh, he's the and... worst. He's the best, but the worst. <laughs> We get um we get a couple of fun suggestions. Uh one of them is from Apu, who um <laughs> he's he has uh he has a call for for something that I think in this day and age maybe people aren't calling for, but certainly uh back I would then like was to see this money spent on more police officers. I have been shot eight times this year. And as a result, I almost missed work. Crybaby. <laughs> so that used to be a fun joke for, uh, like, a running joke on The Simpsons that uh, Apu would be constantly under siege from, uh, from the local criminal element. Um, but uh, so, <clears throat> do you know the status of the talks? Let's take a little aside here and talk about yeah. Apu because. I think we can't bring up Apu without talking about uh, whitewashing, which is a big problem in uh, entertainment. And I don't mean to get all serious uh, uh, with you on this stuff, but uh, it's important stuff to talk about, I think. Um, But uh, for the longest time, Apu was played by Hank Azaria, who is a white guy. And he is uh, doing an accent of a different race, um and uh i think it's the kind of thing that people have actually been talking about for a really long time it just happened to be the right time for it to 
I don't know. It, that's it, it's not the right time necessarily, but it happened. It just this is the time when people were finally ready ready to listen. Would you say that's true? I think so. You know, it, it, everything kind of coalesced for a reason. Where you know, growing up with this, we wouldn't have put much past it. In fact, knowing who these voice actors were were kind of a rare occurrence because they do such you know, magnificent jobs with the different voices that they do. I had no idea Hank Azaria was a poo, you know, while watching these episodes, but as I got a little older, obviously you can see where that would become problematic. I mean, he also voices Carl. Right. That's a black guy, you know, and he's affecting an accent. And uh, normally that, you know, back in the day that would have just been considered well what are you going to do this is it is it is what it is type of mentality not much to it but you know not taking into account that you could be marginalizing insulting other people and uh, also taking the work from people who could better represent those roles um would have been like kind of a novel idea back then but now just kind of given the uh, the general state of the world and where we're at, yeah, you can see where that's problematic and where uh, representation is very important, be it, you know, TV, cartoon, or otherwise. Right. And that is the, the key, right, is that representation is what import, is, is truly important. Um, because you can't discount the... the you can't discount the the feeling it would or what it would mean to a younger person um to to know that someone like them are 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 doing something that they you know admire and enjoy um that could be really inspira- uh, inspirational to people and um so i think at least as far as my understanding is that that's one of the reasons why uh, representation in this context is so important and I am glad that they are finally taking a look at this um, yeah I but... believe they did well, you know, I don't know with who but they did recast Apu and I think Carl as well um, yeah it, and it's yeah. time it's I think so time. I mean yeah it's way past time you can't make up for the past and how things were kind of set up you know like a lot of the, I mean, shit, almost everything from that era to even currently, it's just kind of based off of uh, stereotypes and just perceived understanding of, like, who a person, you know, would be, or uh, not the ideal of everything, but just kind of the characteristics that would help you or help sell you who that character is. It'll be nice to see, you know, you know, someone, you know, of Indian descent doing, you know, Apu's voice. Same with Carl. It'd be great. Just, you know. Yeah, exactly. To uh, to add that sort of authenticity to the show is not going to hurt anything. So, and these guys already have, <laughs> they already have so much money. They are fine. Um, yeah. I mean, that's so- the... I mean that that's the I think the big kicker right there is how much money that these people make for doing this voiceover work. 
like I would never want this show to end either if it was it, I mean it's I I think it banks on the absurd but <laughs> like, yeah yeah I mean, um shit yeah. shit I mean yeah shit yeah I just look it up yeah yeah <laughs> everyone who's wondering just look up how much uh, Nancy Cartwright gets paid to be the voice of Bart Simpson and uh, um take that for like many years yeah like, good for them yeah um, I wouldn't be doing jack shit. I would just want to do a season of The Simpsons at that pay, and I'd be all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By my island. Uh, but um, but let's talk about the uh the weird mustachioed stranger who also stands up to give a suggestion during this uh, town hall meeting. Hello, my name is Mister Snrub, and I come from. Uh, some place far away. Yes, that will do. Anyway, I I say we invest that money back in the nuclear plant. I like the way Snrub thinks. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, as the crowd sort of realizes who they are and closes in on them, uh, Smithers pulls out like a Batman-style uh, grappling gun and. <laughs> just grapples out of a hole like a skylight in the ceiling and nobody (laughs) is even paying attention to it pulls out the hook rope gun and uh burns like hugs him for dear life (laughs) (laughs) and they just zip out through the and everyone just goes back to the meeting uh just another way this is is just like an incredible uh incredibly funny episode um but it's not long after that we're introduced to Phil Hartman's character, the uh, the the Hux, the aforementioned huckster, who's there in like classic huckster attire with like the the straw hat, the white straw hat with the red band, and uh, and and he has a pretty classic opening line. You know, a town with money's a little like the mule with a spinning wheel. No one knows how he got it, and danged if he knows how to use it. <laughs> Mule. Mule. <laughs> there's also, right before this, there's a pretty funny part where Marge gets up and, and she pitches. Her suggestion is just to fix Main Street, or like the, the, the main uh, um, intersection, because it's just like due to people leaving their chains on during all year round and oversized loads they have uh they have like torn holes in all the the streets and so there's just like pot holes everywhere which is hilarious because like throughout the rest of the episode everybody who drives around is always constantly hitting these pot bottles what? and that's a fun little extra detail they do well they fucking truck that had like the popcorn in it or it had like the kernels in it that just was like, oh boy, <laughs> just, just falls into a sinkhole and it explodes and then popcorn comes out. Or fucking, of course, but, Homer is driving with a piano strapped to this ceiling of the car. <laughs> look yeah. at that! Look at that gravel fly. With that gravel. Yeah, he's uh, he is not helping. Um, 
I do like the part where Grandpa Simpson gets up and he's like, yeah, we could fix Main Street. And everyone's like, hooray! <laughs> no one lets him finish. Yeah, he's trying to. And they eventually just hoist them above their head. Uh, and he just goes like, oh, I'm not 40, I'm a guinea. No one gives a shit. Cause they, yeah, I like how it went from Marge's idea to his idea. Yeah, like, they totally ignore her stuff. Yeah, I mean, um, it always happens with Marge. But uh, the, um, but uh, the the Huckster character who is called uh, La- oh. Lyle Laney, Laneley, Lyle Laneley, Lanley, Lanley. Um, he uh basically convinces everyone to um to adopt this monorail idea with a catchy song. I hear those things are awfully loud. It glides as softly as a cloud. Is there a chance the track could bend? Not on your life, my Hindu friend. What about us Brendan slobs? You'll be given cushy jobs. Were you sent here by the devil? No good, sir, I'm on the level. The ring came off my pudding can. Take my penknife, my good man. I swear it's Springfield's only choice. Throw up your hands and raise your voice. What's it called? Once again. Cracked and broken. Sorry, Mom. The mother's spoken. Um, so that's fantastic, but uh, I really love the next scene where uh. Lanley is selling this to like he's he's going kind of around the town selling it to everybody and he's at a the the school answering questions um, oh, yes. now I'm here to answer any questions you children may have about the monorail me, me. Me. can it outrun the flash you bet can Superman outrun the flash uh, sure why not <laughs> <laughs> Sure, why not? I love that part. (laughs) Because the next kid, it's like, it's not even the obvious, like, uh, going to Ralph for, like, the dumb question. It's just, like, some random other kid. (laughs) It's Superman out of the flesh. Sure, why not? (laughs) Uh, sure. (laughs) Well, he has another moment here when uh, he's trying to make a runaway to the airport that cracks me up i, I, I gotta get there in less than a minute <laughs> <laughs> won't you yeah he's like oh, i have to be there for in less than a minute um yeah it, it's so fucking good um so he completely convinces everyone to do this uh to do this monorail uh, boondoggle mm-hmm. um and uh and so <laughs> I, this, I love when homer sees um he decides he wants to be a uh monorail conductor after seeing that uh commercial that basically features him <laughs> it's like exactly looks exactly like him but with hair yeah it was weird seeing homer with hair like that 
And it's like an awfully like it is like you know like dime store or like penny store. Yeah. <laughs> Wasting that. the gift of life on that couch. Mm-hmm. I always like uh, like half these episodes are always stemming from the fact that Homer's just trying to be respected. Yeah, and then he's like, um, uh, he, he like tells Bart about it, and Bart is impressed, is super impressed by the fact that he's gonna be a monorail, um, conductor. Uh, yeah, but then he does all this. Do you want to change your name to Homer Jr.? The kids can call you Hoju. I'll get back to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get back to you. <laughs> Such a good response. Um, but I love when he's after that he's talking to uh, Marge uh, they're in bed and she's like worried about uh, that he might get hurt and he is like uh, he's like oh what ifs what if I take a shower and slip on a bar of soap oh god I'd be killed And then he tries to come on to Marge, and when they turn on the turn off the light, he sings her a song where he's like, "I gave my love a chicken; it had no No bones." bones. (laughs) That's the one. That's the line. Uh, That's it. That's so good. I that that's the one I sing to people. I'll be like, I gave my love a chicken, it had no bones. And everyone just goes, where the fuck did that come from? Oh, it's so fantastic. Oh, I love that line. Um, I mean, if it only had the monorail song and that line, this would still be a world-class episode. For for, for me. For real. It's like, uh, can you uh, catch mono from the monorail? And he's like, no. Wait, maybe yes. He's like, no, you were right. <laughs> the answer is no. <laughs> yeah, when he's in class is great because like, they, they they don't spend any time on the class. They just show it wrapping up. And uh, they, as like everyone's kind of on pins and needles because like they... Uh, um, uh, Lyle uh, Lanley ends the class and he's like about to walk out and everyone's like wait who gets to be the conductor and he just looks down at his notepad and this is a drawing of him like taking a suitcase of money to Tahiti (laughs) and he just waves his hands generally in front of the crowd of people and he's like obviously this one person stood out above the rest and it just is Homer who speaks up first is the only reason he's collected (laughs) Homer has a, a trait of that too. It's in fact, it's even in this the second episode we talked about. <laughs> yeah, that that also comes up ironically in the other episode we're going to talk about, as you said. Um, but uh, so he gets chosen as the uh, as the the conductor, and um, and he shows his family his first off his like I don't know if he's in his outfit already. Yeah, the I one with maybe the cape. Not. No, it, it, <laughs> he might be, but it's it is like the most operatic, ridiculous outfit ever. But he's showing Marge and stuff how safe everything is, and then she she opens up where the fire extinguisher should be. Homer, there's a family of possums in here. I call the big one Bitey. 
It's such a great line. And of course, this is what kind of tips her off that this is maybe not on the level. And, you know, she has one of those classic Simpsons drive and like ghostly heads orbit around your face and tells you tell you sort of remind you all the uh, the things you should be worrying about. Is there a chance Um, the track could bend? I call the big one bitey. I don't know about you, but on my version of the episode, it sort of hangs on the last Homer head. He comes, he sort of, the last Homer head sort of comes to rest on the Yeah, the top and it of just the stays bench. there uncomfortably a little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then it cuts. I thought for sure there was another joke coming, but uh, no dice. Nah, Simpsons classically works in threes, so that's what we got. So but. Marge takes a, a jaunt out to uh, North Haverbrook. Which is one of the towns that uh, that Lyle said that he had installed a monorail in, and it is just uh, it is just completely just a broken town, a completely abandoned, uh, boarded up like ghost town. Yeah, desolate. Um, <laughs> just an old lady cackling on a porch uh, in the <laughs> background. She goes up to the only open restaurant and. Uh, <laughs> The very haggard-looking woman behind the counter is like, uh, "There's, there's never been a monorail here." <laughs> she closes the, the like the 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 roll top like door thing to to close down the the restaurant, and um, it says monorail cafe. On it. Yeah. Oh yeah, and then uh, she's creepily approached by, uh, what's his name, Cobb. I think they talk about how uh you know the 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 monorail was really this disastrous thing and how they have to get back to to save Homer. Uh meanwhile, back in Springfield, they're they're um they're sort of doing the inaugural inaugural sort of uh uh test flight or test drive, test ride of this uh monorail and they have uh Leonard Nimoy there who <laughs> <laughs> He makes several uh, appearances through the end of the episode. It's just classic at every single one of them. Um, yeah, he's just like, ah, I think this this uh, goes at least warp five. <laughs> and then Mayor Quimby's like, uh, yeah, may the force be with you. <laughs> Do you even know who I am? Uh, yeah, aren't you one of the little rascals? <laughs> You know, originally I think they wanted William Shatner, but he didn't want to do it. I read it was George Takai who George Takai. Uh original or Takei or Takai, however it I is don't. properly pronounced. Um he uh, initially asked for a bunch of script revisions, but then uh, eventually declined because he was on the board of the That's Los right. Angeles uh transportation. <laughs> He's like it would look bad for me to to uh, be playing somebody who sort of endorses a faulty mode of of rapid tra- like local transportation, so <laughs> I think that was probably the right call. You think? I think so. Uh, I mean, I, well, it would have made more sense for Sulu to be the one from Star Trek that that does it because he is uh, you know part of the piloting team. So, 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess you're right in the sense that a lot of people can't tell uh, reality from TV. So, all right, I'll give you that. I'd have been like, it's a fucking cartoon. Yeah, I think, but just when you're on the board, you kind of have to think about how the other board members might react. Um, Well, it shows why I don't know anything, because I'm not on a board of anything. (laughs) Neither am I. I am talking out of my board ass. Um, Board ass jeans. I don't know. I love that on the monorail during the initial um, uh, run, there's just a picture of the Hindenburg. Yeah, (laughs) for some the framed for some Uh, fucking reason. Like, I don't think that would be the um, my picture of choice for any sort of maiden voyage or something. But what do I know? Not on a board, so. Obviously, they know better than I. Yeah, and during this this scene where they're showing everybody on the the monorail, um, there's a there's a great part again where Leonard Nimoy is talking to somebody, and he's just like, uh, he's like, oh, you know, those the doors on Star Trek weren't automatic; they had to have a the PA was up there opening it by hand, and the guy's like, is that so? <laughs> I like the fact that no one was interested in whatever he had to say, or was just mildly <laughs> weirded out by him. Yeah. And, I mean, um... So, uh, Barge agrees to bring the scientist to um, Springfield to try to stop this, uh... to, to try to stop this, like, monorail um, uh, launching. And they get there too late. Um, for a very specific reason. <laughs> We're too late! I shouldn't have stopped for that haircut. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and his hair is literally different. It's such a funny fucking joke. Um, and, uh, I love the, the, they go, they cut back and they sort of show the, the scenes of panic as the, the monorail, like, speeds out of control. And there's a part where not only is, like, the guy who's sitting next to Leonard Nimoy asking if people want to change seats because he's so, he's so disgusted. I think Leonard Nimoy is talking about the eclipse. Yeah. Uh, um, solar eclipse. The cosmic ballet continues or something. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy's like, does somebody want to trade seats with me? <laughs> Because they think since the uh, they they can't cut power to the monorail since it's solar powered. When there's just a random eclipse very quickly during this episode, uh, the the monorail slows down briefly. But uh, you know, eclipse eclipses pass, so it uh, it it speeds back up. I like um, Homer's only thing he can do is just keep pulling back on the one stick. Like, yeah, that's all that there is. Okay. And. And then the computer is like, uh, it's like, doo, doo, doo. The, the function you have tried breaks is not in service. <laughs> Please make a note of it. <laughs> um, I love this is the final, the final, or not the final Leonard Nimoy sequence, which is also hilarious, but the part where <laughs> Krusty starts freaking out and he's like, uh, Krusty's gotta get out of here. And he opens up sort of like a, an emergency hatch and he tries to jump, but Leonard Nimoy catches it. And he's like, no, the world needs laughter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
oh, so good. Um, but, but you you know my favorite lines coming up. One of my favorite lines of all time mm-hmm. is when uh the Cobb, the scientist, calls Homer, or when Marge gets a hold of Homer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Homer, there's a man here who thinks he can help you. Batman? No, he's a scientist. Batman's a scientist. It's not Batman. Batman's oh. a scientist. Oh my god, he, she, he's he's not wrong. He's not wrong. Yeah, he's got a good point. Yeah. Um uh that's fantastic. Um they end up don't worry everyone. Homer doesn't die in this episode. <laughs> he ends up um, you know, uh Cobb suggests that they they create an anchor um uh, homer takes a bit of rope that somebody was using uh that an old-timey cowboy was, was using as a sort of a lasso trick and ties it around uh, the w on the side of the monorail and uh uses that as sort of a make- makeshift anchor we got a lot of cool makeshift anchor gags as it sort of tears its way around springfield um including going past an anchor shop <laughs> Yeah. having the old sea captain come out like you call that an anchor <laughs> fucking old sea captain mvp of any episode yep uh separating was... two conjoined twins bloodlessly and with uh no operation yeah enough so i mean shit even they already had shirts on yep <laughs> high five and it uh it's the, the my favorite part is it's already going down Main Street or whatever, so it's just wrecking it even more. Yeah, it's even <laughs> worse. <laughs> even it's, worse. it's even worse than if they would have just repaired Main Street. Um, eventually, it it sticks into a giant donut, uh, much like the one we have down here in Southern California. That's so very iconic, and um, and that stops the monorail and uh, and and homer is like <laughs> what does he say like i'm the best monorail thingy guy ever doesn't he say donuts isn't there nothing is there anything they can't do oh yeah that's another classic line uh donuts is there anything they can't do um and then <laughs> Leonard Nimoy. The, Leonard Nimoy, the final letter Nimoy scene where he's like my work here is complete and then it's like, wait, you didn't do anything, haven't I? <laughs> and he just beams away. <laughs> then I think we get some voiceation by Marge. Yeah, about the where she's like, and they never did any other stupid thing again, except for the popsicle stick skyscraper, the twenty foot uh, magnifying glass, and the escalator to nowhere. <laughs> You hear all these people like you want know, people riding that thing up too. It's like, oh, they look oh. really bored. <laughs> they look really bored, like until right until they fall off. Ah. <laughs> yeah, fade to black, and they're still screaming. screaming. Yeah, uh, fantastic, and that's where it ends. And it just, just, just is a fantastic episode. Just such a fun episode. Yeah, no, it is. I mean, it is one of the best for a reason. And yeah, 
That's why it was so hard to take like notes during these because they're for me they're just hilarious. Oh yeah, but let's not delay. Let's talk about your episode, season five, episode fifteen, Deep Space Homer, directed by Carlos Baeza. Yeah, I think Baeza. Yeah, I think it's Bay Baeza. Bay Baeza. Carlos Baeza. Written by Beza. David Merkin. Yeah, yeah, David Merkin. He does. He does a lot of these Simpsons episodes. Yeah, I did. Uh, well, a lot of producer. Yeah, a lot of producer. I think he's only ever written like two episodes of The Simpsons. But it's funny because a lot of his uh, shows that he did was like Get a Life. Do you remember that mm-hmm, show with mm-hmm. Chris Elliott? Um, sure. Yeah. You know, he directed Romy and Michelle's like high school reunion. If I remember the name of that thing, the Julie show. Also a good one. Yeah, it's the uh, Three's Company. He's, you know, read a few episodes for him. Um, Carlos Beza didn't do too much. I know he directed a few Futurama episodes, um, but not a whole lot. I think the last thing he did was City Hunters whatever that tv series is um okay okay don't know don't know of that one haven't heard of that one but i'm sure it's great yeah i'm sure it's awesome but like unlike the major uh pedigree of the people who did uh marge versus the monorail this one's a little more nebulous but i think the jokes are just the same yeah still comes out uh a re- smelling like roses as far and- as i'm concerned and I think it, I think just kind of not as iconic as the Flintstone gag, but this one still like just sets it up. Kind of like I was saying, where Homer always seems to be looking to gain the respect of his family or do something. And that's literally the whole premise of Deep Space Homer. And it's so, I mean, the premise of Homer going to space is the most ridiculous thing ever. Mm hmm. <laughs> but like how they get you there cracks me up like I-, I love the start of this episode attention everyone let's have an odd hush please for Mr. Burns compadres it is imperative that we crush the freedom fighters before the start of the rainy season and remember a shiny new donkey for whoever brings me the head of Colonel Montoya hmm? what? And by that I mean, of course, it's time for the Worker of the Week Award. (laughs) (laughs) I love that Banana Republic speech at the start, because the imagery is very evocative of that. Um, And then the fact that he rolls right into that speech is just so funny. Yeah, they're all gathered there for this Worker of the Week Award. And... um, Everyone is bored to tears because they all have this Worker of the Week award except for one person, which is Homer. And um, <laughs> he's like, hello, fellow Worker of the Week awards. It's like, what makes you think you're going to get it, Homer? It's like, Union Rule 23. <laughs> you know, everyone is entitled to the Worker of the Week award, uh, no matter how uh, gross incompetence. Yeah, <laughs> gross incompetence. <laughs> <laughs> or performance. Everyone gets one once. And then fucking Mr. Burns gives that awesome intro and then it's like, we couldn't have really done it without this one. 
The inanimate carbon rock. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, I love the fact Homer's not too plus about that. He's like, inanimate, huh? I'll show you inanimate. <laughs> Everyone's he already... freezes in the parking lot. Yeah, everyone else has already gone away. Like, Homer, are you still here? <laughs> and then it's just like, okay, that kind of sets you up. Then it jumps to Homer uh, flipping through television. And, um... He's, like, changing channels, and he changes it to, like, a NASA launch. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But before we get to that real quick, yeah. can we talk about the part where <laughs> he's complaining over breakfast about... Uh, oh, yes, the, that's right. The inanimate carpet <laughs> rob uh, and it being, like, a popularity contest, <laughs> which is hilarious because it's just a, a rod. Bart's like, did you get to see the you rod? <laughs> but eventually uh bart like draws uh, like insert brain here on the back of his head and homer <laughs> tries to see it by running around in a circle like trying to catch up with the back of his head and everyone is laughing as he's is he's spinning around on the floor trying to like see the back of his head <laughs> until they realize what's happening <laughs> how sad it and really then they all get depressed <laughs> And that's what that's what I was referencing earlier when I said that I, I got those two moments conflated, but that's one of my favorite moments of this episode. <laughs> just how sad his family gets. That's right. I totally forgot about that. But I think you're you're right to, to be excited to talk about that other part because the reaction of Bart and Homer when they're when the TV is stuck on a space launch. It's like a beautiful day in Florida, you know. And he's like, "Oh!" And he tries to change the channel with the batteries coming out of his remote. And then, they're like, "They're like, we're testing to see if tiny screws can float in space." <laughs> the weightlessness of tiny screws. And yeah. yeah, we got a home run of you know astronauts. We, uh, what they call them, the Three Musketeers or some shit? Yeah, like they that. call them the Three Musketeers. He's a mathematician, another kind of mathematician, and a statistician. statistician. <laughs> <laughs> they all look exactly the same. <laughs> Bart's like, Bart's like, change channel! I'm trying! And then that's when he runs over and baseball slides to pull the cord of the TV. But my favorite part is the jump cut over to NASA, where we... They have all these, like, launch equipment, or what you think is launch equipment, and then the final blip on their screen disappears. <laughs> no one's watching this launch. Yeah. So oh. good. Oh. And then they, they're like, uh, they're like, uh, who, what are they? Like, here are the most popular people on TV. <laughs> The way they roast, the way like they the roast them, home, um, home improvement is so savage. They, because they're like they have like a pretty <laughs> typical scene of home improvement of like of of uh, Tim. He's souped up his riding mower and then he accidentally backs through the fence and kills Wilson. <laughs> Wilson, whatever his name is, yeah, it's I Wilson. don't remember. I used you're, to you're watch. Definitely right. 
I used to um, watch fucking Home Improvement. Way too <laughs> he's like, oh no, he's dead. Well, back to prison, I guess. Because <laughs> <laughs> Tim Allen was arrested for some like cocaine charges and it and served prison. So um, that time in prison. So that was a very. <laughs> I mean, you see, you see joke. his his picture, his mugshot from prison. It looks like he sold or stole or trafficked cocaine. Hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you see his mugshot from prison. It looks like he went to somebody's place with a sausage pizza. And there was a hole cut in the bottom. <laughs> I got a delivery I for asked you. For extra sausage. <laughs> <laughs> I got your sausage right here, Tin Allen. <laughs> <laughs> Look so sad. It's like I no pig. Sex with... No pig. Flush the toilet. The toilet. It's it's like, just standing right next to him. Yeah, and then um, I love the uh, the counter to that was like, well, maybe we should tell him about the uh, monkeys we sent into space. Maybe we should finally tell him the big secret that all the chimps we sent into space came back super intelligent. No, I don't think we'll be telling them that. <laughs> yeah, there's an there's an ape sitting in a, a swivel chair in like a, a navy blue suit with fucking roller skates on its feet. So good. Um, and, uh, so they decide that the people love blue collar slobs, right? Yeah, that's the that's the consensus. Is America. America, I, I think really this is a, a condemnation of America's, uh, we're too dumb, and we can't appreciate Nassau for what it is, so uh, <laughs> they, they, they need blue collar, that's what America likes, and uh, they're going to have to start an extensive search, and search, you know, USA, far and wide, where are we going to find it in America, but they don't have to search for long. Well, I wish there was an easier way. Yes, good. Listen, I'm sick of your boring space launches. Now, I'm just an ordinary blue-collar slob, but I know what I liked on TV. How did you get this number? Shut up! And another thing, how come I can't get no tang around here? And also... Hold on a second. (laughs) People, our long search is over. (laughs) He literally flushes the toilet. I like when they when they go to find him and he is talking on the he's called the president who was Bill Clinton at the time. Oh yeah, you mean this? Oh, is this President Clinton? Good. I figured if anyone knew where to get some tang, it'd be you. Shut up! Excuse me. Ah! Are you the person that called NASA yesterday? <gasps> no, it wasn't me, I swear. It was him. <laughs> Sir, how would you like to get higher than you've ever been in your life? Be an astronaut? Sure. Well, welcome aboard. <laughs> I think you'll find that this will win you the respect of your family and friends. <gasps> respect? No! It was me. I made the crank call. I do it all the time. Check with the FBI. I have a file. Uh, I, have I have a, a file. file. Yeah, better take both of them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really think that was necessary. They wanted to be astronauts. I know. I know. 
<laughs> that part he uh blackjacks both Barney and Homer. Um but yeah. <laughs> oh man. Very subversive funny jokes in this one. Um Then we get a And go ahead. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. Your notes are probably say, but... better than my memory. I'm fuck. I got a headache from laughing so much already. Uh, next part is uh, the Homer of the family uh shows up to Cape Canaveral in the Beverly Hills Billy car, Hillbilly's car for no reason. Yeah, <laughs> and then they have um, and they just go straight into the press conference. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen and members of the press, I'd like to present the new generation of Nassau astronaut, the average American. Jim Wallace, Associated Press. Is this a joke? Well, far from it, Jim. One of these men will prove space travel is within the reach of the common man. Toby Hunter, Minneapolis Star. No, really, is this a joke? No, No, Toby. Toby. (laughs) <laughs> i i also love the homer realizing the implications of the ending of the movie planet of the apes oh my god that's that's probably my favorite part i'll feel this one the only danger is if they send us to that terrible planet of the apes wait a minute statue of liberty that was our planet you maniacs you blew it up Damn you! Damn you all to hell! <laughs> oh, God, so good. Um, <laughs> but then the other part is he's doing that and fucking freaking out. Barney passes out drunk. <laughs> yep. No more questions. Yeah, no more questions. And then... Um, oh. Training montage, I think, is next. Yeah, the training montage, which has some of my favorite little bits in it, but also, like, it, it does this trend, and I'm kind of glad that they didn't continue it into other Simpsons episodes. Um, But yeah, like the, the part where Homer gets up in the morning. Well, here I am, right on time. I don't see Barney. Let's crash the rocket into the White House and kill the President Gumbo. Naturally, he's been here since sunrise. <laughs> Since they made me stop drinking, I've regained my balance and diction. Observe. I am the very model of a modern major general of information, vegetable, animal, and mineral. Oh, that's nothing. What's this? There once was a man from Nantucket. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> and then they go straight into the right stuff, like montage. Them, like, in a centrifuge. And this is the part where Homer's face changes to, like, uh, uh, Popeye for a second. <laughs> I can't stand I can't more. I was just like, eh, I don't need that. But, um, the fucking when yeah, they're... weird. It's because they do it twice in this episode. He turns into that, and there's the other one where he turns into fucking Richard Nixon. Uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> then they don't, that makes no sense. Like, I mean, the whole episode doesn't make sense, but that really is just like, why those two? Um, but I love the blowing the uh blowing the uh, tube through the water to test your oxygen and fucking Homer's just 
drinking it's medicine y medicine and then the uh, fucking the pond far uh, the 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 fucking uh, is it the pond far not the pond far uh the uh you're referencing that classic uh, Star Trek original series fight scene between uh, Kirk, Kirk and, and Spock. Spock, yeah. And I, is it Pon? Ponfar is like when I know that's uh, when like Vulcans, Vulcans need the main. Horny. God, that's good. Well, you know what? Whatever. I don't. It's, 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 may the force be with you. Uh, there you go. <laughs> you know who I am? <laughs> you know who I am? Yeah, one of the little rascals. Uh. Um, Aren't you one of the little rascals? Yeah. We're just uh yeah, I don't remember. God, that one's gonna kill me. But the that that was one of my favorite scenes because I I watched the both of the episodes we we're, we're talking about. I watched like when they aired, obviously, and that was in there. But then on subsequent like reruns, that's one of the scenes that is cut out for time, and that always upsets me because I just thought it was funny. As they're just like dun 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 fighting around the circle for a second. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh good news is that uh yes, that episode was about Ponfar. Oh right. There you go. Good. Your 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 brain is as sharp as ever. Yeah, it's um, about as sharp as a sack of potatoes. <laughs> but uh, uh I love the scene where um where uh, they're watching the itchy and scratchy space based cartoon and then it cuts to Homer and he just is sweating buckets. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is, I think, this is also a rare episode where you get two itchy and scratchy cartoons. Right. And yeah, fucking, that would scare the shit out of me too. Like, to get just sawed in half in space and then fucking. <laughs> With the ring of Saturn, saws you in half. <laughs> And your head explodes. Um, I do like the introduction of uh, Race Banyan. And Buzz Aldrin, sorry. Um, this person, they're like, Barney, we hear you're kicking ass. <laughs> and Homer's all like, I uh, don't think this contest is over yet, Buzz, if that is your real name. I believe there is still a little something called the swimsuit competition. There's no swimsuit competition, Homer. You mean I shaved my bikini zone for nothing? <laughs> but the, the, I, I guess it's all for naught for Homer. Because at this point, like, um, they've obviously made their choice and it looks like Barney's the clear winner. And then uh, they're gonna celebrate, and the, this the the sight gags in this one always get me. Please join us in a toast to, to the, the mission. mission. It begins. <laughs> Back then, Barney, <laughs> like they they're toasting Barney. They give him some booze, and the minute he gets a taste of it. The the fucking he he starts drinking you know he, he drinks his glass then he steals the bottle starts drinking that then runs over grabs a jetpack takes off flies through the air till the jetpack runs out of like jetpack juice however you fuel I guess and just starts bouncing on all these hard surfaces but all the hard surfaces contain soft things inside. <laughs> 
like you know it was like a mattress factory yeah <laughs> he, he falls on the roof the the tin roof of a pillow factory and then is run over by a marshmallow truck <laughs> the guy's like i don't understand that was non-alcoholic champagne <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he totally went uh, yeah then homer gets uh he gets um chosen by default <sighs> well homer I guess you're the winner by default. Default! Woohoo! The two sweetest words in the English language. Default! 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 Where'd you get that anyway? <laughs> Sent away? He <laughs> gets blackjacked <laughs> again. Um, which is great. Uh, I, I think next we get the, uh, the launch sequence. Well, yeah, we, well, we, first we get Homer, yeah, the launch sequence when they're all walking all slow and it's giving you that um again you know the right stuff i think the right exactly uh, reference where they're walking like this and then he looks up he's like and then starts running in regular speed yeah it just makes a pop sound and then he starts like it (laughs) like pops the yep (laughs) like brings you out of the moment yeah then he runs back to uh to give one last call to marge just like the time i could have met mr t at the mall the entire day I kept saying, I'll go a little later. I'll go a little later. And then when I got there, they told me he just left. And when I asked the mall guy if he would ever come back again, he said he didn't know. Well, I'm never going to let something like that happen again. I'm going into space right now. <laughs> I I love that call because there's a, there's a part where like she's like Homer, when I met you, you didn't know how to use a touch tone phone. So as he's talking to her initially, you just hear beep, beep, beep as he's trying <laughs> yeah. to dial the number. He's just pressing buttons on the phone. Yeah, that's fucking fantastic. Um, so I love during the launch sequence when the guy over the radio goes three, two, one, make rocket make go rocket now. Go now. I still use that to this day. If I ever do a countdown. <laughs> That's fantastic. And then, the, then this whole space sequence is there flying in this, you know, spaceship. Everything seems to be fine. Um, you know, they're Buzz Aldrin and Race Banyan is uh, marveling at the masterpiece of space. And then Homer's like, Hey guys, look what I smuggled aboard. It's just like a bag of chips. <laughs> Sweet giver of life. He has like this very poetic thing. You think he's talking about the earth, but no, it's a pack of crinkle cut potato chips. Um, <laughs> which he proceeds to bust open and they fly everywhere. Yeah. Careful, they're ruffled. <laughs> <laughs> look out, they're ruffled. <laughs> and just when they just start Flying all over the place. Homer's going to do what he does best in eating. And I love that this whole, um, it's funny, this whole sequence where he's flying around eating the chips out of space to like Blue Danube, I think. Like, mm-hmm. All the chips. Um, there's this whole really cool scene of him spinning one way and the chip spinning the other. And this was a use of, uh, uh, C- not CG, but computer graphics to help make it look smoother. 
this animation of him turning around and uh that was a cool little use of it and as- yeah i thought so it looked at least as far as the chip was concerned the way that the perspective changed as it flipped around seemed like it was a rotoscoped over uh, a 3d render or or it was very early tune shading so that's interesting yeah interesting and as he's doing this he's heading towards the uh the the ant colony that's in the back that you'll find out what they're going to use and i just love <laughs> he's going towards it and all of a sudden the ants we get the ants perspective and they're like they're like save the queen which one's the queen? I'm the queen. No, you're not. <laughs> That's all the answer. Yeah. <laughs> King has Homer's flying right towards the window. And he smashes that fucking colony and they're like, freedom, horrible, horrible freedom. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Um, oh man. And then, uh, so there's like ants and chips everywhere. And then they get a call from ground control. and They have a special surprise for him. James Taylor. James Taylor is there. <laughs> Singing fucking, fucking sweet dreams of flying machines in pieces on the ground. Wait, I, I mean, sweet dreams of flying machines flying safely through the air. And then, as they're as they're going through one of the uh, ants, what zips by the camera. And then, like, all the other ants are getting into the instruments. It just starts, like, you know, like, they'll clog the instruments. Yeah. And... Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, the the part where, like, the, the news breaks in and they're like, here's a live feed from the, sp- uh, the spaceship. We're just about to get our first pictures from inside the spacecraft with average, not Homer Simpson. And we'd like to... Ah! Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we've just lost the picture, but uh, what we've seen speaks for itself. The Corvair spacecraft has apparently been taken over, conquered, if you will, by a master race of giant space ants. It's difficult to tell from this vantage point whether they will consume the captive Earthmen or merely enslave them. One thing is for certain, there is no stopping them. The ants will soon be here. And I, for one, welcome our new insect overlords. I'd like to remind them that as a trusted TV personality, uh, I can be helpful in rounding up others to toil in their underground sugar caves. <laughs> Don't worry, kids. I'm sure your father's all right. What are you basing that on, Mom? Who wants ginger snaps? <laughs> it's so great how, how quick uh, Brockman uh, flips. Yeah, he turned. He was just like, fuck this. Insect overlords are coming. <laughs> well, also, the retraction that happens a little bit later cracks me up. Perhaps yeah. this reporter was a little too hasty. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, uh, it's not the, the government we have is uh, not perfect, but it's the best we've got for now. There's <laughs> the sign. <laughs> the sign. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah, that 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 part is just fantastic. Yeah, but fortunately, they did have James Taylor there to be able to give them a helpful tent uh, tip 
and they're like, oh, you got an ant problem. Well, I, I called uh, Art Garfunkel, he came over with his compressor, and we blew the ants out the front door. <laughs> we created a vacuum. Vacuum. <laughs> and that's what, so that's what they do in space. And um, they blow the uh, ants and the chips. They all go, get blown out into space, and then everything seems fine except, uh, um, was it Homer breaks the door? Oh, uh, Homer's almost blown out. He gets back in, but the, uh, what is it, the fucking door handle breaks? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. They can't seal the door again. And, um, and then Homer, uh, while he's like trying to get into a fight with, um, <laughs> With race, with race Banyan or whatever, he, I'll bust uh, that pretty boy face. I'll bust it good. <laughs> yeah. He sort of accidentally shoves a rod into the uh, the door, thus securing it. Yeah, of the uh, inanimate nature. Yes, <laughs> not to give anything away, but um, and uh, and they start they start their descent to the uh, to the earth. Golden Grams, crispy, crunchy Grams, cereal, brand new breakfast treat. <laughs> uh, so good. And they crash into a convention of, like, reporters. <laughs> yeah, a reporter convention. <laughs> uh, how do you solve the door dilemma? Homer Simpson was the real hero here. He jury-rigged the door closed using this. Hey, what is that? It's an inanimate carbon rod! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so, like, the the rod gets the medals and gets paraded around as the hero, just like the start. A nice uh, circular story going back to where we began. Um, and uh, Homer really has no extra respect by his family. <laughs> He's earned or nothing. I like how he turns it off. It's like, you're going to show a close-up of the rod. <laughs> Everyone's sad about not seeing the rod, um, but uh, yeah, that's um, we get. I think a final closing button on the episode is uh, another uh, space odyssey reference. Yeah, well, Bart writes on the back of Homer's head. It says "hero," and then right. uh, he knows how I feel, and he throws yeah. the marker in the air, and then yeah, takes us to space, and. Uh, we get all Space Odyssey where we see Homer Baby, like, you know, 2001. He gets hit. Yeah, and a Fox satellite hits Homer Baby. Dope. <laughs> the end. The end. And thus ends two fantastic episodes of The Simpsons. Um, so if you haven't seen them, what's wrong with you? Go out there, take your Disney Plus or or Simpsons DVDs and watch these episodes and you can trust us because obviously if you're listening to this you trust and can relate to our opinions and we see these are very good two of the best I think so I I, I know in most list of uh, best Simpsons episodes ever monorail is usually either if it's not number one it's like number three you know it is it mm-hmm. is such a classic it is hilarious 
it has so many jokes. The monorail song is, you know, something that I still remembered. Like I was singing along and I haven't watched the episode in like, you know, 10 plus years. Oh yeah. I was able to like instantly access those memories. It's such a, an important episode for me. Um, and, uh, yeah, but who cares what other list it's on? You can trust us. The voice of reason and clarity in these murky pop culture times. Um, so uh, I we hope you like these two episodes, and if you haven't seen them, as we said, go out and see them because uh, you know seeing it yourself uh, it will always be better than listening to us talk about it. Probably. <laughs> um, I mean, realistically, I had such a headache because I was laughing so much over here just reliving them, talking about them that. Uh... It makes me want to go watch some more. Yeah, and we probably we probably will. Um, so, uh, yeah. And if you have any suggestions or or episodes of uh, TV shows you'd like to see us cover, please reach out to us and mail one of our many um uh social uh, networking hubs uh, all at the Pop Saga on Twitter, uh, Instagram, and gmail <laughs> yes okay yeah you know, we don't do the facebook but if you think we should message us on the other ones and let us know and then maybe we might consider the facebook yeah absolutely and uh you know you never know we have some plans for stuff in the future where it will give you or some of you who choose to it will give you even more access to to us and um be able to give suggestions for the show and so keep an ear out for that we'll be announcing um those plans in the upcoming future um but until then i do hope you enjoyed uh this episode and i hope you'll join us again next week when we tackle something equally as interesting um maybe not as animated but certainly as interesting um and um you know it's a crazy time out there so Please stay healthy, stay happy, and we'll see you next week. Give your love a chicken, it has no bones. Saga, you know we keep it groovy. We talking cartoons, books, TVs, and movies. A couple of nerds, but got style. We so cool. Pop culture, talking new and old school. Yeah, you should know we love hip hop from the roots. Ty Lib, shout out to Feral Munch. We giving you what you want. It don't get no liver. Ain't no doubt we got you. This is Pop Saga. Let's go. Oh yeah, you heard right. This is a lifestyle. Welcome to the nerd life. Pop Saga.